This is Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where each week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week we'll be speaking with Daniel Abramovich of VR Bangers. You've probably noticed our new podcast site at adultsitebroker.com. It has a more modern look with easier navigation and more information on our guests, including their social media links. You'll find all that at adultsitebrokertalk.com. And we've doubled our affiliate payouts on ASB Cash. Now, when you refer sellers or buyers to us at Adult Site Broker, you're going to receive 20% of our broker commission on any and all sales that result from that referral for life. You can either place a link to us on your site or refer buyers and sellers through an email introduction. Check out ASBCash.com for more details and to sign up. We've also added an events section to our website at AdultSiteBroker.com. Now you can get information on B2B events on our website, as well as special discounts reserved for our clients. Go to AdultSiteBroker.com for more details. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to offer an amazing opportunity. If you're in the live cams, model management, or fan site space, or want to get into any of these spaces, we have a private listing that may be just right for you. This company works with all the major cam sites and has access to hundreds of U.S.-based models. We're offering very limited information at the seller's request in order to maintain privacy. We anticipate multiple offers for this very rare listing. For more information, contact us at adultsitebroker.com. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today in Adult Site Broker Talk is Daniel Abramovich of VR Bangers. Daniel, thanks for being with us today on Adult Site Broker Talk. Thank you, Bruce, for having me. Well, it's good to finally have you. You know, I've wanted you on this podcast for as long as I've been doing it. So it's really a pleasure. Now, Daniel is a serial entrepreneur with many years of experience in marketing, management, design, and PR. At the age of seven, Daniel started his first venture when he went to the golf course, found golf balls, and sold them back to the people that lost them for $1 each, making $20 a day. I love that. He suddenly realized how much he loves making money, and that became his real passion. While growing up, Daniel has always created different businesses from clothing, online stores, construction, development, and more. Not all of his businesses were successful, but the drive to create and hustle were always his passions. In 2014, Daniel and his business partner, Boris, had an idea to create the first VR porn content in the world, which became the leading VR company in the industry within a few years. Today, Daniel and Boris employ over 100 people and run the biggest VR porn sites in the world, such as VRPorn.com, VRBangers.com, and VRConk.com. So, Daniel, how is VR doing? Is it growing as fast as you expected when you got started? Well, that's a good question, Bruce. Uh, I know. That's why I asked it. <laughs> VR is growing well. Um, obviously, it stopped a little bit since uh, the, the very beginning. You know, we, we all depend on the growth of the VR headsets, uh, on the growth of the companies that release these headsets. So whenever a new headset comes out, for example, the Oculus, you know, everybody's waiting for the Oculus 3. 
um, then we see like a spike in sales. COVID kind of uh, messed up our statistics. I mean, uh, it, I mean, in a good way. When when COVID hit, we just saw like a huge spike of you know growth, and everybody sat home. Nobody went anywhere. Like everybody what was watching you know VR porn, and it was a great time. Once uh, COVID you know got lifted, we basically saw kind of like it, it didn't feel like a drop. I mean, it felt like a drop in the beginning because you know compared to the statistics before COVID and then after, it felt like a drop, obviously. But mm-hmm. all the studios are saying the same thing. Now it's pretty much like a stable pattern for everybody. Stable growth. It's not like something crazy like we saw during COVID, but it's still it's still growing. That's fantastic. Now, what new things are happening overall in VR? A lot of the, the new companies, not new companies, uh, but uh, Meta is releasing new headsets. Uh, you can see some new players coming into the like Pico. It's more for like Europe, but they're also releasing their headsets. So a lot of new technology, new headset releases. Um, some of them, I would say, a little bit overpriced. Some I would say not well done, like PSVR just released their headset, the PSVR 2, and I think it's it's kind of like a big fail just because, you know, they made an, a wire that, that connects to the PlayStation, which makes it, you know, we're, we're already over that. Uh, everybody makes wireless headsets these days. It's uh, kind of like all-in-one computer. You just put it on your face and that's it. You know, it's, you're, you're there. But we have new cameras, which is great. Companies are making new new VR cameras. Uh, Canon just released theirs recently, so that's a good thing. Like you know, which helps us create better content. We recently actually created a 12K virtual reality scene, which nobody ever did before. Yeah, and I and, and honestly, like none of the VR headset even support it. Um, you would have to have like a super super strong computer to like watch something like that. But we just like to be ahead of the game. You know, we've always created the first 8K, the first 6K. So it's always like about being the first to create something, even if it's hard to watch. But yeah, technology is out there and it's uh, companies are uh, pouring a bunch of money into VR headsets and technology, which is great for us. You know, it, it helps us grow. Better to be ahead than to be behind, I've always said. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, what are the advantages of some of the new cameras out there? Uh, mostly the quality. I mean, some cameras are not the best made because just the, they're buggy. Um, sometimes they're blurry. You know, some companies try to make good technology, but it's not working out for them. But uh, like Canon, for example, they they don't they didn't make a a camera. They made a lens, a VR lens that you connect to your existing camera which makes it very cool. You can just like, you know, pop it into your camera and then uh, create VR content in super um, crisp quality. That's neat. You know, another thing that, you know, you were talking about the cost of some of the hardware in terms of the VR headsets. I've seen an estimate of what Apple is planning on charging for theirs, like $3,000 for a VR headset. I mean, that's insane. Yeah, and honestly, I don't think that's going to work out for them. It's like people still don't know what VR is. You know, if it was a a DVD player that everybody had in their home, and this would be like a new DVD player that just, you know, brought better quality, then everybody would run to get it. But 
since not a lot of people still know what VR is, it's like going to be hard for them to spend like 3K for a VR headset. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the education of people as far as what VR is. What do you think has to happen? I think more creators should just come into this field because, uh, first of all, like the, the main two drivers in VR are VR games and uh, VR porn. Correct. If you look at Google Trends, like those are the two biggest drivers. And it was the same thing with VHS, you know, that that's what brought, you know, VHS up to grow, uh, is porn. Basically, there isn't many games out there in VR, which is kind of like, that's why people are not purchasing these uh, devices because you, you purchase one device. I purchased one. I, you know, I have one at home. I, I download like pretty much all the games I can download. I play them all and, and it took me like maybe, I don't know, a month or, or two months. And it's like, okay, I play them all. What's next? Right. So you, you go to look for the next best thing. It's either games or porn. So you go look, to look for porn. So thank God there's a lot of great creators out there that are creating, you know, great content. And, uh, you know, we bring it out to people and at least people can use your headsets to watch VR porn. You know, that's, that's cool. Not for everybody, but it's, it's a great thing. <laughs> now, in terms of normal creators, you know, the OnlyFans types, which I'm guessing that you were referring to, do they have access to some low-cost VR equipment that they can use? Yeah, of course. Uh, in today's market, I mean, there's not a lot, but there's a few like low-cost VR cameras that you can buy out there. Some of them like are about like or $300. We're seeing some companies uh, creating some uh, more cameras for, uh, you know, for cam girls, dream cams. uh, That's the company's name. Like they, I think they're the only creators that work with um, cam girls and they're creating a good technology. They really know what they're doing and uh, it's helping to kind of grow that, that side of the industry as well, because, on the professional side, the cameras are pretty expensive. They can, you know, run anywhere from like four thousand to twenty to thirty thousand dollars per camera. But yeah, on the creator side, like OnlyFans and Cam Girls, like we need something that's less expensive and uh, easy to use. Yeah, well, it's like any other technology. I think the longer it goes on, the more prices drop. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, I was just reading today in an article that by 2025, we should have uh, 10 times more VR headset on the market. So that's that's a good thing. Um, but again, we need more creators. We need more games. We need like more interesting stuff because a lot of uh, creators don't create interesting mainstream movies. Like if you go into, I was searching the other day for like a cool mainstream VR movie just to like check it out and I couldn't find anything. It's just like, Everything is like so short or like, or so it's like cheaply made, you know, so <laughs> it's hard to find something good. Yeah. The, the mainstream movie industry really hasn't embraced VR, have they? Exactly. Yeah. So the VR market has certainly grown, including competition from previously non VR companies. How competitive is VR in adult? Um, it's not very competitive, honestly. Uh, basically the, the, the companies that came in in the very beginning, basically we competed at the very start just between each other because nobody had like, you know, 
the technology. We all had to create something of our own. We, we created like different cameras, different rigs. Um, at some point, we all like, you know, came together and we became like good friends and started sharing uh, the secrets between each other, like who uses what, what cameras. And like we all work together because it's a, it's a small industry. I always like to help out like anybody that comes into the industry. If there's a new creator, there's a new studio, like they ask me questions. I'm always easy, you know, to reach. I like, I help them out, like what kind of cameras to use. Like I recommend them anything I can. So that's great. Yeah. And I think that's the nature of the adult industry, isn't it? Yeah. That's, uh, you're absolutely correct. Like the adult industry is like very friendly. Um, everybody helps each other out. I've seen a lot of cases like in the mainstream there it's like totally different like I've I've heard people in the mainstream it's like they're not friendly they don't want to help each other they don't want to work with competitors mm-hmm. you know they're dickheads like <laughs> <laughs> not all of them but you know like it's just I guess I try to talk with people from the mainstream and they're like totally different people yeah and look there's enough noise from the outside and enough attacks coming from the outside that it does definitely pull us together. And I always like to say, this is a family. When we go to a show, it's like a family reunion. That's what I tell people who aren't in the industry uh, about the adult industry. And I think it's hard for some of them to understand, but it's easy for us to understand. Talk about the attacks from the outside. We were chatting about that prior to Uh, rolling the tape or the virtual tape, I like to say. How does that impact you and what you do? Um, I mean, it's I'm new to the industry. Like I've been in this industry for eight years. I came from the non-adult industry. Like, and it's scary because, you know, you've built this business from ground up. Uh, You have all these employees that you have to feed and then like, these people are just coming in and, you know, they're kind of like attacking us for no reason. We're not doing anything wrong. We're the same people as everybody else. We're, uh, you know, we're creating jobs. Like my company just creates a hundred jobs, you know, so we're paying taxes to the government. And then, you know, it's like, why, why are you doing this? Nobody's going to get hurt (laughs) by watching adult entertainment. Exactly. There's always going to be a, a, a turnaround, even if you block it. Like, no matter what you do, people will, like, go around it. It's just the nature of it. It's like, let's block drugs, you know, and then they come in and just make drugs legal, you know. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, or, well, even if you make things illegal, people will do them. In fact, if you make things illegal, they're more likely to do them. Yeah, I just wanted to say that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just did an interview uh, with a guy who wrote a book about the early days of British porn and when it was actually illegal in the UK to produce and to sell porn. And there was a thriving trade in adult content because it was the forbidden fruit. That's crazy. Yeah, the, uh, the book's called Under the Counter, and that interview will be on in June. So you guys are an industry leader, if not the leader in the VR market. How do you stay on top? We just like to create, do something new every time. We'll go forward. I know there's, you know, a lot of people that create a product and it starts working well and they just like abandon it. You know, okay, it's working. I'm making money. I'm just going to abandon it. Like, well, I don't care. And you see a lot of these companies, even in our industry, it's like, why? You were like the leader 
from day one, like why not, you know, continue to grow it, make it more innovative. So that's how we are. Well, we always try to be innovative. We always try to, you know, create new products, do something because again, we're not from this industry. I, I come from, you know, a different side of things. And it's like, I guess creativity is a little bit uh, higher for me when I come to the adult industry because some people have been used to doing things, you know, the, the, the same pattern. And a lot of people told me that, like, wow, you guys do things completely differently. I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, we don't know how you do it and how you did it before. We're like, we just came in with our system and just brought it in here like that. <laughs> I think that's one of the strengths of the adult industry is people coming from mainstream with new ideas. How has the technology advanced in VR from when it started to today? Like I said, I mean, new cameras, better quality, um, you know, performers are obviously easier to work with because a lot of other new talent know how to work with VR because back then you would have to like pretty much explain a tutorial and, and, uh, and show them how to like properly work with a camera. Like you got to have eye contact, you got to whisper in the ears, you do the kisses. Nowadays, like it's so easy, you know, like the performers come, like they're all awesome. They just like, they know what to do. Technology wise, it's again, it's like better cameras, better uh, speakers, better voice. So it's like, we're just trying to upgrade it as much as we can to make it more realistic and more immersive. So what do performers have to do differently when they're performing in VR as opposed to non-VR? Um, they just have to imagine you know, that they have to talk, do a lot of talking basically to the camera. So you as the viewer can feel that she's like really there. She's talking to you. Obviously the male, the male talent behind the camera, he can't do any of the talking because that's kind of going to ruin the immersion. So, uh, the, you know, talking, whispering in the ear, um, petting the head, doing some kisses. So doing everything like, like she would probably do in real life to make it as, as realistic as possible. That's cool. So what innovations are we on the verge of in VR? I think right now there isn't any like special innovations. There was a lot of buzz, you know, about creating some smells for VR, right? But then like, you know, why would you have a sweaty girl or somebody, you know, like fart in the middle of the scene? <laughs> just like, yeah, but yeah, but I'm just saying, I mean, for games, there is innovations like um, like a treadmill where you stand in there and then you can run and then you can feel like you're in the game and then actually it makes it more realistic. But for for VR porn, again, it's mostly like the the quality of the scene. For us, it's like very important to create that realistic experience. Like we we want to make sure we choose we don't film like only in houses. Like that's not our thing. Like, because that's boring. Everybody films in houses. Like we want to film in creative locations that nobody ever, you know, filmed before, like a barber shop or like on the beach or like, you know, in the woods, somewhere cool that people could, you know, could never have sex probably in those areas. But like, you know, through VR, they can, because it's, it's very realistic. That's really cool. Now, I understand companies like Apple are developing IR glasses. How much of a revolution will that cause an adult? I think it wouldn't be, to be honest, as popular as VR, just because, you know, people actually want to leave their, you know, leave into a different reality. Uh, let's say somebody's stuck in, in his, like, 
Japanese little apartment and he wants to be in this like mansion all of a sudden, you know, and now he's transferred there with VR. Uh, it's like, it's like that movie, like, uh, what was it called? VR one or, um, something like that by Steven Spielberg where like, uh, people were, would live in the, in a trailer and then they're suddenly like transferred into this like whole world. Mm-hmm. So that's what people want. I think AR, we, we tried it before we, we even had like some air glasses that we purchased. And, uh, at some point there were like companies selling these air glasses for like three grand. And we created an, an experience for in, in the AR. And we were like one of the first ones to create something realistic like that. And it didn't really work well. Like uh, people didn't really like it. So I think even if Apple creates something like that, people would prefer to be in VR versus AR. Okay. So one of the barriers to market for VR has always been the hardware needed. I remember when VR first hit the adult market that some companies were giving away paper glasses. Um, We talked about it a little bit earlier, but why don't we get into more detail? Where does the hardware market stand now? Like I said, I mean, we all depend on these uh, companies that create hardware. So fortunately, but, uh, you know, Meta is is actually the leader right now because they're creating affordable VR headsets, which are, you know, they run somewhere between like 399 compared to like the other companies, which are like not affordable because PlayStation headset is like a lot more money. And plus, you know, it's really hard to install their software. So they're making it really hard for people, but um, some new companies are coming in. They're smaller and they're trying to come in. So we're, we're seeing some movement. But again, it takes billions of dollars to create a, a company that will really create a good product and uh, market it. Because even Meta, it, I think they're poorly marketed, these VR headsets. So a lot of people you ask them these days, like, hey, have you tried a headset? And like, yeah, I heard about it, but I've never tried it before, you know. So it's like, I think they should spend more money on marketing and get these headsets into people's hands. Not not by making them like fifteen hundred dollars. It's like, hey, you know, fifteen hundred dollars and uh, try it out. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you're stuck with it. So nobody's gonna buy it for that kind of money. Well, yeah. Well, I don't think Zuckerberg's strength is marketing. I don't think business is his strength either. But that's a whole other story. There was an article yesterday that I posted on XBiz about internally how Meta is really failing its employees. And with all the layoffs and everything, there's just a lot of uncertainty in the company. So they have their own set of problems. So because of the hardware needed, do you think VR is always going to be a high-end product that's out of the reach of people who can't make the investment? Or do you see the prices ever coming down to something really affordable for most people? I mean, yeah, it should be like, you know, uh, like a VCR back then. It used to cost like, you know, 200 bucks and you have it. So it should be that kind of price because that that's where the people don't care about, you know, losing their money. They're, they're going to try it. Why not? Okay, cool. I'll pay 200 bucks because 400 is already on a limit. So once you get, you push over to 500, that's already too much. So by making Apple, by making like, a three grand headset, although Apple has its own users, you know, I buy a freaking laptop for four grand and my partner looks at me like, dude, I just bought like the best PC for, <laughs> for like a thousand dollars, you know? Yeah, exactly. 
I'm one of those suckers too, so don't feel bad, dude. I pay three grand for a phone too. So, you know, it's just one of those things that we're definitely suckers when it comes to that stuff. But I'm not paying three grand for a headset. That just ain't gonna happen. I've already got an Oculus. Oculus are like three hundred, aren't they? Yeah, they're three ninety nine, I think. Uh, but but they're great. Uh, honestly, like the Oculus is like more than you can ask for because the quality is amazing. It's just easy to use, like really nice. Yeah, but I think two hundred is the barrier. I think if it gets down to like one ninety nine, you're going to see a lot of people jump. So I heard you did an acquisition recently, porn, uh, vrporn.com. Why did you decide to make that move and how's it going? Yeah, we did that uh, last year. Uh, he takes a deep uh, breath as he says that, thinking about what he paid. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, there's a lot of money. But, um, you know, we, we saw the movement into the tubes. Like, um, we saw a little de- decline as a studio. And I'm not sure if, you know, it's a decline because COVID was over or just, you know, the decline. People are not looking in, in to get into studios anymore because, you know, they have those premium tubes. So we're like, okay, what if we build a tube of our own? And then we thought, like, now that's going to be too hard. It's going to take us probably a year to build and then another year to get all the studios on board if they want to come on board, you know, and, and the traffic. So that would be like three years, you know. So that's why we've decided, you know, you know what, like, let's just buy VRporn.com. It's the number one tube side, the premium tube side in the world. It's like, that's where you enter. You like, you enter your porn and that's it. It's on Google on the first page. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it has the most studios and, uh, now we, we, we took over. We're going to redesign everything. We're going to like make sure all the studios make even more money with us. Yeah. It was a big steps and, uh, and I'm happy we did it. They make more, you make more, right? Exactly. Yeah. So there's been a lot of consolidation in the adult industry over the years. Do you see the same thing happening in VR? Like by consolidation, you mean companies buying companies? Oh yeah, I've, I mean I've I've heard about it um, even before we like came in. You know, the bigger companies obviously acquire the other companies. Even the the owner of VR Porn, like he he came into this business. He wasn't he wasn't in the mainstream. He just you know he he started as a blog in 2013 and they just like created this thing and then we were like wow that's an amazing product but uh, yeah i mean obviously i see uh bigger companies firing more companies under their umbrella and i think it's a good thing because they know how to run these companies maybe better some people get to a point where they're like stuck and they don't know what to do and they're and that's and that's where their their juice ends you know they're like okay got it this far now i'm i'm burned out and i don't know what to do so like i'm probably gonna sell yeah, they hit a plateau. Yeah, and that, that's where we come in. You know, like we saw the opportunity. We're like, okay, we'll take this. We'll, you know, we'll make it even better and we'll make more money. Fantastic. So if somebody wanted to be a startup VR studio and site today, what would they need to get started? They would need basically a, a VR camera and, uh, you know, a- access to talent. It's, uh, it's pretty easy to come in. Um, and again, like, if anybody ever starts and they don't know what to do and how to do it, like I always give free advice. I don't charge any like consulting fee. Like people come to me like, Hey, what what equipment do you use and how do you like film? I'm like, okay, here it is, you know? <laughs> so, uh, it, it's pretty easy. Um, you just need a little bit of capital 
to start, obviously, um, because it might take you some time to make money. Obviously, if they come to us or to another competitor, they can start making money immediately. But if they just want to, you know, create a studio and try to, you know, get it on Google, that will be a little bit harder to do. So are you producing content for other sites? We are not, no. Just for only our sites. Oh, okay. Okay. So what new projects are you working on at the moment and when will we see them? There aren't too many new projects. I mean, VR porn is obviously our new project. You know, we're, we're constantly creating, trying to make it more user friendly. We're redesigning the whole thing right now. We just released that 12K scene. That was a new project. Even though people can't watch it on 12K, those who watch it in 8K see like a whole much of a difference in the normal 8K that everybody else produces. We also have a game called Desired. So it's not one game, actually. We have many games. It's like a choose your own adventure VR experience. It's not the regular VR scene where you just like watch porn. Like here, depending on your selection in the game, the game will go different ways. So you can maybe have sex or if you choose to, you know, say the incorrect things to the, to the lady, you may not ha- have even sex. <laughs> you know? So you've got a blue balls mode in there, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and some people are angry about it. They're like, oh, my God, I couldn't pass it. Like, you know, they're, they're writing pe- other people on the forum and they're just like discussing. I mean, we're trying to make it realistic as possible. We're trying to make it hard, um, not easy to pass. Otherwise, it's not going to be a fun game, you know. So, And then when people get to the sex, they're more satisfied because they got there, you know, by making the correct <laughs> selections. That's funny. Now, are you planning on doing more with gaming? Yeah, we're we're making uh, that's I think we're that's like our seventh game already, and uh, this year we're gonna release even more games. We're the only one actually that does games like these, so it's interesting. People love them, and it, it takes a little bit of time and, and effort to make those. Um, each game takes about three to four months. Some of them even take six months to make. You know, the bigger ones, but it's it's something new, something people love. Again, like we're trying to be innovative, create something interesting for people. Well, that's something you're developing that's new. So are you working with any other game developers when you put these together? No, everything's in-house. Wow, that's cool. you got quite a talented staff, don't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's hard to, like a lot of people come to us and they don't even have experience in uh, technology or VR. You know, some of them are like truck drivers or like they were like movers. <laughs> And we just, we just, for us, it's, it's more of the people. If you're a good person, you're easy learner. Um, you're positive. You're, you have the can do attitude. Then, uh, you know, we go ahead and hire you and then we just teach you. And usually it it ends up well. Like people just learn fast and have fresh ideas because, you know, it's different for them. Sometimes it's better to have someone without any training than to have someone with a lot of bad habits. Correct. Exactly. So do you think VR is here to stay and why? I really hope so. I mean, uh, it's the, the business we went into, it was uh, it started as an idea. Me and my partner just started it in, in his apartment first, and then we did it in my garage later. And I want it to be big because there's nothing else that can replace it. You know, before it was VHS, then it was CDs. So now it should be VR. And I really hope it's going to stay, you know. 
Well, you would think so. So, so what do you see in the future for your company? Um, I see growth. Basically, I see you know growth in the company. We're obviously we're gonna keep innovating, uh, keep creating new things uh, whenever the ideas come up. You know, even these days, like I went to the movie theater the other day and I didn't see people in there. I'm like, what happened to the people? You know, back then you would like go to the movie theater. There's like big lines, a bunch of people. So these days you can even watch a, a movie in VR. It doesn't have to be VR. You can watch a 2D movie in your VR headset. So you're like feeling it like you're in the movie theater. And, you know, there's different apps where you can actually sit with your friends in VR and watch that same movie. So technology is cool, but I think like, again, there's, they're not marketing it right. If they market it, like I just said, like, Hey, stop going to the movie. Like you can watch this new movie that came out with all your friends. That would be cool too. You know, like everybody, Oh wow. I didn't know you can do that in VR and people will go buy them. So do you see Hollywood going that way? Um, I really hope so because uh, a really good Warner Brothers like VR movie or like a Fast and Furious, for example, would be amazing to see in VR because you can see all these like cars behind you, in front of you, like action happening. It would be amazing to get a Hollywood studio in VR. Do you think Hollywood fully embracing VR is really the key to VR growing to its full potential in adult. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, again, the more creators come into the VR industry, the more traction they will get. Uh, like as I mentioned, like uh, I was looking at this uh, other website that has just a bunch of mainstream uh, VR videos on it the other day, and I was, I was surprised they couldn't find anything. Like just people shooting random content like a, a guy just like you know climbing a mountain i'm like who's gonna watch this okay you can watch it once five minutes but that's it you know so if they if they start creating cool content then that's the key because maybe i found like 10 cool videos on that website that's it you know well and i think that mainstream fully adopting vr that's what's going to sell the hardware. Yep, correct. It's it's all like a pretty much like a chain, you know, a chain of events have to happen in order for it to to really move forward. Otherwise, you know, you created a car, but you don't have people to drive that car, you know. Yeah, it's like what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? <laughs> yep. You got to have the chicken first, otherwise uh, the egg's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, Daniel, I'd like to thank you for being our guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk, and I look forward to doing it again. Thank you, Bruce, for having me. Thank you. My broker tip today is part two of how to buy a site. Last week, we discussed first deciding the type of site you want to buy and then establishing what your budget is. Next, it's time to look for your new website. So where do you look? Well, Adult Site Broker is a great place to start. We always have a nice variety of website and non-website properties for sale, but if there's a particular type of site you want, we can also act as your buyer's broker to help you find just the right site. Other places to look are boards like xbiz.net and gfy.com, but to be completely honest, unless what you're looking for is a really low-end property, you're probably not going to find what you're looking for there. Of course, you could contact site owners yourself, 
but take it from someone who does it for a living. It's a major hassle, and it can be really hard to even find out who owns a site. Almost all adult sites use Whois Privacy from their domain registrar, so when you send them an email, it will be an anonymous address, and in most cases, the emails aren't returned. We have a huge database of sellers and generally know who owns what. And if it's a website of note, if we don't know who owns it, we can usually find out. We'll talk about this subject more next week. And next week we'll be speaking with Danny Z of Z-Bucks. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Daniel Abramovich of VR Bangers. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman. 